Hi, guys. Three-second announcement. Listen, I'm only doing one ad between content on the show. So when you listen to these podcasts, you'll only have one ad in between the segments of the show instead of multiple ads. And then I'll put some of the ads at the very, very end so that if you want the information and take part with the sponsors, you can do that. And you're welcome, because <laughs> I know that you probably wanted that. So um, there you go. And thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate you. And, and handfuls of sedatives to understand the mind of a liberal. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Was recently asked, What is the mission statement for your show? How do you describe the Kate Daly show? It honestly took me a minute before I could even come up with an answer because this show is not like any other conservative talk show out there. This show is so different, but it has to be. It's not about propping up one party and blaming the other on a daily basis. It's about getting to the truth, the uncomfortable truth. I'm on this journey to cut through the propaganda that we've been fed and to uncover the truth about our world and our government and what's been going on. We've been sold a box of rocks in this country for over 100 years, and everybody feels it out there. We need to question the narrative, question what we're being told. We need to understand our liberty and our Constitution. Is this show controversial? Yes. (laughs) You will not leave this show every day without having learned something important or even valuable about how we view the world. We have to say what isn't being said out loud. And in order to do that, we have to check our fear and our political correctness at the door. We get to have over 400 guests a year that visit the show. I have nine incredible co-hosts that come and join me on a daily basis with a different point of view every single day. We have to get our country back. We have to. We are running out of time. Let's do this. Hi there. Welcome to the Valley Show. Sure hope you're doing great today. How are you? I'm uh, ticked off. Oh. <laughs> no, I, Why I are really, you ticked off? Well, I'm ticked off Uncle because Milty? I absolutely refuse to fly my flag at half-mast to show solidarity with another country. I, I, I can't do that. It's it's weird. If you really think about it, it's kind of... We're flying those flags for a lot of reasons. And it's, I think, very convoluted. And if you think, well, we should be... and uh, Okay, everybody's got an Boop. opinion. But I, 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 I find it convoluted, too. I find that we have a situation where... Um, uh, I have, we have a situation where we are inundated with certain times that we fly that flag and certain situations that we fly that flag. And they're so often now, but they're, it's, it's, it's bizarre. I have to admit, it's a little weird if you think about it. Like really. everything else they do, they've watered yeah. it down. Yeah. Fly, flying the flag at half mass was originally for the death of a government official a national tragedy or a memorial day mm-hmm. and now it's for anything yeah a- a- anything right right no you're right you're right and here's the thing we are <sighs> this is so hard because there's only one thought on this whole entire thing and if you don't have it you're the bad guy right now but i think lots of questions should be asked i think that we should be Honestly, really taking a measured look at this, like we said yesterday, I think that we are um, 
told that there's only one way to approach this whole situation in Israel, but there's lots of questions to be asked. And I separate the people from its government. And I sep- and, and, and too many things happened that, that tell me that all forms of government had to know what was going on. So that's, that's kind of where I stand. But we're going to be talking about that for sure, for sure, um, uh, coming up here. So um, let me go ahead. I'm going to take uh, this. I, I'm hoping, let's, let's hope, this is Jeremy uh, Brown calling in from jail. How are you? Hello? Can, can you hear me? I can just barely hear barely you. Barely hear me. I apologize for uh, the audio on my end as well okay. because we have been locked out of our rooms for about 45 minutes waiting on uh, food to be served. So oh, normally man. I hope they interview that in the day room, but I'm kind of at no choice right now. You know what? I'm grateful that you called in. I truly am. And uh, you are accused of January 6th. Whatever they're accusing of, I mean, the the charges make zero sense to anybody, and it's so been confirmed that the media slash government, because it's government-owned media, has been calling it an armed insurrection for years and has been trying to um, to basically demolish demolish you guys. And can you please tell your story? And I'm excited that you called in because I know it's hard for you to do this uh, from where you're at right now in jail, in prison. And you had a seven-year sentence, correct, Jeremy? Yes, I was convicted uh, to 87 months for the charges uh, related to their illegal search warrant that was accompanying their two misdemeanor charges from January 6th. So, yeah, I'm currently... Uh, serving that sentence as I await my trial in D.C. for the two misdemeanors. Seven years for two misdemeanors? No, 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 no. Uh, they gave me a bunch of felonies based from their search warrant, but ah. the actual arrest warrant was originally for two misdemeanors that are out of D.C., and th- that's the trial that I'm still pending uh, right now. It's just, It's just unbelievable. Can you please tell people what happened and why you're there. And I mean, obviously you can't because they're trumped up charges, but I mean, tell people your story, please. Well, uh, the, the overarching reason I'm here is because I'm, I'm the January 6th defendant that knows too much. Oh. Uh, in November of 2020, I attended a meeting. I actually asked for and scheduled a meeting with the Florida Oath Keepers with the intent to warn them that they were about to be targeted uh, by, you know, a compromised federal government as enemies uh, to, to their plans, right? I right. mean, and that's the idea behind the, the, the narrative of domestic terrorism. So I met, I met with some key leaders from the Oath Keepers. I told them that uh, this country had been infiltrated and that it was going to start going after groups like theirs. And, of course, you know, I'm sure they, you know, uh, obviously from the FBI interviews with those individuals, they didn't take me serious at the time. Uh, in the short, probably two weeks after that meeting, uh, I had two federal agents show up at my house uh, wanting to know where I was. Uh, I didn't address them at the time, but I then communicated with them via email. We set up a time to meet, and at that meeting, they basically attempted to gauge my interest in uh, acting as a confidential human source mm-hmm. uh, in order to infiltrate, as they said, groups I was associated with. Now, this was December 9th of 2020, which was 10 full days before January 6th was ever even announced. Right. And yet the agents in the interview, which I recorded, mentioned something happening in January. 
so obviously I turned down their op- their offer. Uh, I then attended the events of January 6th with all the convicted seditious conspirators. I was actually part of the Kelly Meggs, Kenny Harrelson, Jessica Watkins group. They were not there to overthrow the government. They were there to protect First Amendment attendees and event organizers. And so that's what we did. Now, they ultimately did go in the Capitol in order to help de-escalate the situation, uh, but they were certainly not trying to overthrow the United States government. I would know. I spent 20 years as an Army Green Beret, and I retired from Special Operations Command Central. Uh, After the events of January 6th, I decided to go public with that recording of those two agents attempted to recruit me. And then 10 months after January 6th, they finally got around to trumping up a reason to arrest me and have since falsely convicted me of a bunch of felonies, which I've been sentenced to 87 months in prison. I I just have no words. I, I don't know what to say to this because it's so heinous and it's so evil. And I, I, I honestly, I, I hope people are really taking this in right now because I don't think we understand that our system of law is, is really doing this to people. And it is. And the only, the only thing that's going to work is if the people start demanding, because I'm not hearing a word about this from congressmen, senators. Have you tried, and I'm not even sure they would help or could help, but have you tried reaching out uh, to those levels? Oh, yes. We've tried extensively to reach out to all the names that everyone loves to wave their pom-pom sure, for. Sure. But only one U.S. congressman has actually sat down and had a face-to-face meeting with me, but nothing really has come of that. Uh, I have received a couple of uh, letters of leniency that were written. Uh, one of them was actually, uh, I-, I think, detrimental and insulting to me personally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is Congress is doing nothing. I mean, we have General Milley, who was the uh, Joint Chief of Staff, uh, that has now publicly admitted that him and Mark Esper were basically colluding with each other to undermine uh, the Commander-in-Chief at the time. He's also publicly admitted that he was in contact with the Chinese Communist Party and warned them that if President Trump, the Commander-in-Chief of our United States Armed Forces, were to try to do anything against China, apparently his good buddies, uh, he was going to warn them. So what you had on January 6th was a highly orchestrated and well-planned compartmentalized coup that likely involved the Department of Defense, the intelligence agencies, and, of course, uh, the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force running cover for the entire operation while the media ran a completely false narrative that is falling apart with every single leak piece of video that they don't want the American people to see. How many feds were on the ground impersonating Trump uh, supporters, do you feel? Well, <laughs> what, was the, what was the real ratio, uh, Jeremy? That's the, question, that, that's the question that we should all be demanding mm-hmm. of, of our Congress, of our governors, of our state legislatures, of our FBI director, and of our president. But they'll never tell us. And the reality is they'll just say, oh, well, they, there were no agents there because mm-hmm. they probably had a bunch of defense contractors sure. or intelligence uh, community operatives or whatever. Pl- I mean, this, yeah. is how, this is how this level of the U.S. government works. Yeah, plausible deniability all the way around. And, That's exactly uh, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so hard. 
Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kate. I can barely hear you. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I want you to say everything you need to say. We do know. Mm -hmm. Okay. We do know that the official narrative was that Antifa doesn't exist, and they certainly weren't there on January 6th. But what we've since been provided is body cam footage of Metro PD with their undercover agents admitting that they're undercover as Antifa, which means their intelligence analysis and operational planning had to be based on the fact that they knew Antifa would be there. That's why they were undercover as Antifa. So every aspect of their complete narrative is falling apart with every single day. And and I, I want to give kudos to the American citizens and the independent journalists out there that are the ones that are actually fighting to get access to the video that they're trying to suppress. Amen. And that includes Congress trying to suppress it. That includes the Republican Congress yes. trying to suppress it. Because with, without them, these videos would not be out for the public to consume and see the lies that are being told. You're absolutely right. And uh, both sides always working as one behind the veiled curtain of D.C. in the swamp. It's always both parties working together, one overtly and one very uh, quickly and the other one very quietly stabbing us in the back. So uh, very much a business. That's, that's exactly right. Yes. And I completely yeah, agree I mean, with you. One of them stabs us in the front and the yep. other one stabs us in the back. You're yeah. absolutely right. Both destroying the country, both destroying um, any semblance of, of the laws that we are supposed to uphold or have or... Um, you did not get uh, due process, right? Um, you are, uh, they're trying to charge you with all of these things. Uh, in fact, that Patriot Act really did a number on us because the Patriot Act made this possible for them to uh, have you sit and, and await your trial. And also, um, they don't have to even show you stuff. I mean, basically, we've had people on the show that were incarcerated for a really long time and they never had to to show anything and it's the Patriot Act. I have a liner to the show that says Patriot Act. We've been convicted as citizens for a really long time, 20 years now. We're going to come right back more with uh, Jeremy Brown. He is sitting in prison for doing nothing. For doing nothing. I mean, this is insane, you guys. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com Hey, everybody. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their populations. So central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track, well, every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products. Isn't that lovely? Or easily freeze or seize part of or all of your money. So concerned people, <laughs> I hope you're concerned diversifying their assets. That's what they're doing into physical gold with the help of, of Birch Gold Group. This is the company I trust. This is the one I would tell you to go to, okay? If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, then you should go to Birch Gold too. All you have to do is get their information, text 989898 and text the name Kate. They're going to send you a free info kit on gold and the easiest way uh, to become a Birch Gold customer. If you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you actually convert that right now into an IRA in gold and you don't even pay a penny out of pocket. How nice is that? You guys, this is so huge, so important. Please text 989898. Text my name, Kate, okay? Just get the information so I know that you're at least covered with the information from a group of people I trust, okay? Thanks. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Back down. No, 
This is hard hearing about this. I'm so saddened. Um, I don't know what to say. And uh, Jeremy Brown is joining us from a federal holding facility, a jail slash prison. Um, He has been sentenced to 87 months. He's with us to discuss what's actually going on in our legal system. And I'm glad he's speaking out um, because I know he takes a risk doing that. Speaking out puts you at, at even more risk, but he's willing to do that for the American people to understand what's happening here. Um, all right, Jeremy, what do you want people to really grasp about this? Because I know for the obvious reasons, but I don't think people realize that you're truly sitting in jail. You're truly si- facing 87 months. For what? And what were you doing that day? What, what, what were you there doing at January? Not that it even matters because you have a right to be there. Uh, but what were you doing that day? Well, what I was doing and what the Oath Keepers who have been uh, framed as the Patsies along with the Proud Boys, uh, the Patsies of the January 6th, as some have called it, the Fed Surrection, uh, we were there providing security. So our, our task and our job was to escort uh, speakers or organizers or whoever needed protection from the ellipse to the Capitol, where there should have been stages, porta potties, for a permitted First Amendment event. We had the permits in my discovery. Uh, so this, this entire narrative that they stormed the Capitol, that yeah. they flooded the Capitol grounds, it was all planned and approved within the D.C. governmental system because all the, all the stages and everything were permitted, yet when everyone arrived there, none of the stages were there. Uh, and, you know, we all know what happened from there, and that, that's, where the, uh, that's where the instigated, uh, provocateur violence began. call is being began. terminated due to a system error. Please hang up and try your call again oh, at a later time. All right. It's being, he's being hung up on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll call right back. And uh, so what he's saying is, is they applied for permits. They got the permits. And with the permits, they should have had some facilities. They should have had stage. They should have had all these things. That wasn't there. Yet, you know what was there? Entrapment. That, that, that's what they got. That's what they got with their permit. Entrapment. By our feds. That's the true story. Right? Uh, don't know what else to say about that. He'll hopefully call right back. Uh, system error. Don't you love system error? You know, if you read the whole story about this, all of the charges against him had nothing to do with January 6th. No. It was a fishing expedition yes. after he was arrested. Like one of the charges was that he unlawfully owned two guns. What does that have to do with January 6th? Exactly. You're right. Nothing. And if they found it on a search warrant having to do with January 6th, mm-hmm. when he didn't have guns in his possession at the Capitol, then it's irrelevant. And, yeah. it's, and it's not admissible. Uh, two counts of possessing military grenades. Again, right. even if he did... They found it based on a search warrant looking for something to prove 
January 6th was criminal. Yes. He didn't have hand grenades with him at the Capitol building. He had nothing like that. Nobody did. No. Nobody did. So these are trumped up charges Mm -hmm. based on illegal searches and seizures. And fishing expeditions. And fishing expeditions. So the only thing arriving for you, Jeremy, if you're back with us, was entrapment. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Making sure we all got that clear. Because it really, I mean, they... You mentioned... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we have about 15 no, seconds. Mentioned- we have about 15 seconds. We're going to take a break and then uh, right now, and then we're going to come right back with you. So hopefully they won't uh, terminate your call again. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Be right back. More with Jeremy Brown calling in or trying to call in and stay on a phone call from a federal holding facility that wants to terminate what he's saying, basically. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Thanks for listening to the Kate.